for no, don't worry, be happy, in every life we have some trouble, but when you worry you make it double, don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy now. You can actually see me up here Just in the dark, uh, snapping. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Door Creek. I'm Pastor David, one of the teaching pastors here and the campus pastor at Northside Madison. And as always, it's good to be here. I was just telling my wife this morning, I said, it seemed like I was just here. But um, I guess it's been almost 30 days, not quite 30 days, but it's good to be here. And uh, I never get tired of seeing you all. So I hope the feeling is mutual. So. Praise God. It's good to be here. So, so we are uh, finishing or continuing our um, Roadblock series, and I had that little uh, snippet of um, Bobby McFerrin played because um, that's such a cliche, and it's such a, you know, it's so easy to say, don't worry, be happy. Uh, you know, you remember how popular that song was? I mean, I think he was like a one-hit wonder or something that, you know, he... Got it and uh, retired off of that. But, um, you know, don't worry. It's so cliche and it's easy for me to say it. Or I, or I could, could tell you like uh, Stevie Wonder. Don't you worry about a thing, you know. But again, it's easier to sing it and say it than it is to, to live it. So we're going to be looking at sort of the flip side of being happy. Um, of course, it's worry and anxiety. So we're going to be looking at those two things that that, that work as roadblocks to prevent us from moving forward, to prevent us from moving in the right direction um, and, and to help us to live our lives to the fullest. So we're going to be looking at that, uh, how Paul encouraged the church in Philippi um, to stand and to rejoice and to think about all the things that God has given them and all the tools that they have in their in their um, uh, on their tool belt and, and all the things that they can use in their toolbox to live. And so we're going to look at how we combat worry and anxiety. Now, what we're not going to what I'm not going to tell you is that you will never have worry and anxiety because you will. If you have kids, if you have a job, if you're married, um, any any of those things, if you're living, if you wake up every day and take a breath. Right? Yeah. You know, you're going to have worry and anxiety. I put marriage on the bottom there. You know, you don't have too much of that. But, uh, but you have it. All right? You have it. Okay. So we're going to be coming from uh, Philippians chapter 4. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. And just give you some definitions here. <clears throat> uh, worry. Give way to anxiety or unease. Allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. Okay, that's the definition of worry. Anxiety, definition, a feeling of worry. See how they both use each other? A feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Okay, now doesn't that sound like life? Yeah, okay. Well, my life, okay. So that sounds like, you know, we, sometimes we don't, have, we don't have control of things. And, and there are imminent things that are, are going to happen that we have absolutely no power or no control of. And so, and, but instead of us worrying about it, Paul's going to show us and teach us about what we should do, okay? So your Bibles are chapter 
4, grab your Bibles, your iPhone, iPad, iPod, your eyeglasses. Yes, I was waiting to see if someone remembered, and over here you get the prize. Grab them. All right, chapter 4. And, 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 and there's three things that we're going to look at about roadblocks. Say, um, number one, roadblocks are temporary obstructions that delay us from reaching our intended destination. Okay? They're temporary. That's important for you to remember. They are temporary. Okay? They're not permanent. They're temporary. Roadblocks are not put up to be even in, on our streets. They're not put up. They're frustrating, aren't they? You know, they, they, they get on your nerves. They delay you from reaching your intended destination. And so in, in, in that essence, what happens is that worry and anxiety, which is the subject of my, um, the title of my message, is an obstructed point of view. It's a distorted point of view. We don't see things clearly when we're worrying or when we have anxiety. Number two, roadblocks appear in everyone's life at some point in time. And there are usually warning signs um, before we are faced with these roadblocks. Would you agree with that? There are usually warning signs like do not enter, right? Okay, work ahead. Number three, roadblocks are not road closed or dead ends, which lets us know they are not permanent. They're only temporary. It's not a dead end. So just because you're worrying or you're, you're anxious doesn't mean you're at a dead end. It just means you need to pray, ask God, how do I maneuver around this roadblock? How do I find my way through what I'm feeling? Okay, I can't sleep at night because I'm so anxious. I can't, I'm losing my hair because I'm so worried, all right? But you ask God to help you and give you the strength. And Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this letter. It's a letter of joy that he wrote to the Philippians, which the church in Philippi was one of the churches that Paul um, had started. And he wrote this letter to them while he was chained to a Roman guard. Now, you're talking about worry and anxiety. He's chained to a Roman guard, and he's writing a letter of joy. That doesn't, that doesn't mix, does it? All right? So a lot of times we are chained to things that appear to um, come for our destruction or to imprison us or hold us back, but yet and still find it somewhere down inside to have the joy that God has, has given us. Not happiness. I'm talking about joy. Okay, happiness is based on things that happen. Joy is based on a confidence that we have in Christ Jesus. It's based on the relationship and our faith that we have in Christ Jesus. He never promised us that we'd feel good and happy all the time, but he did say we would have joy unspeakable, didn't he? Amen. We would have joy unspeakable. So joy is about what we know about Christ and our relationship in him. So I'm not talking about happiness. Talking about joy. So, he writes this letter of joy to the church of Philippi. The church had supported Paul in his ministry financially. They supported him. So, Paul wanted to encourage. And, and, you know, he felt a little obligation too because he helped start the church. So, he wanted to make sure they were encouraged. So, let's look at verses. Our first um, portion here is entitled Stand. Verses 1 through 3, Philippians chapter 4. Verses 1 through 3. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. 
I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. All right, so Paul starts this chapter off in, in, with his letter with some very endearing terms. Brothers and sisters, my joy and crown, meaning I'm so proud, I'm so happy that God allowed me to be a part of your life. He calls them his joy, not his happiness, his joy and his crown. And he calls them dear friends, and then he calls them true companions and co-workers. So Paul's using some very endearing terms. You don't use those kind of terms to people that you don't really know or that you don't really care about. So Paul cares about them and he knows them and he knows the struggles that the church of Philippi would go through just like other churches that Paul had established. And he knew that in their lives, their reaction to their troubles would be to worry and to be anxious. What happens when we worry? We can become ill, right? We mess things up. When we're anxious, we're uneased. We mess things up, don't we? When you're anxious, the first thing in your mind is not always to pray, it's always to fix the problem. Get it done. Jump in there. Get my hands in the mix. Okay? And Paul is teaching them there's a, there's, there are other ways that we can do this with the power of the Holy Spirit behind us. Don't you want to have the power of the Holy Spirit behind you in anything that you do? Yeah. You know, I don't just want to use my brain. No, God knows that. You know, I want to use the power of the Holy Spirit because it never fails. He never loses. He always wins. Hallelujah. Yes. He always wins. So Paul is saying, encourage, stand with my sisters, Eurodia and Syntyche and Clement, my brother, and the co-workers who, who are followers of Jesus Christ because their names are in the book of life. These are not strangers. These are brothers and sisters. These are dear friends. These are my joy and my crown, and I am proud to know them. I'm proud to be a part of their lives. So, in, in, so part of our roadblocks, facing our roadblocks or facing our worry and anxiety is standing, but not standing alone, standing in the power of God and standing with each other. Standing with each other. No believer in Christ should go through a, a, a life crisis by themselves. Do you agree with that? There should be a brother or sister who's in tune, who knows and should be there to encourage them and say, I know it's not good. I know it doesn't look good. I'm not going to pretend that it's good, but just stand. Stand on the word of God. Stand on the promises of God. I won't say don't worry. Be happy. I won't say don't you worry about a thing, but I will say focus on God. Don't make your problem the big thing. Make God the big thing. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. All right? Don't magnify your issues. Magnify the one who can handle and fix the issue, which is God through the Holy Ghost. Amen? So we trust in him. All right, so stand. Stand in the Lord and stand together. So how do you survive through your worry and anxiety? Power of God. And as you stand, you are to also help someone else stand. All right? Now, if I'm standing, then I can help my brother stand. But if I'm lying flat, can I help anybody stand? No. Usually if you're lying flat and you grab someone, you're, you're going to bring them down to where you are. But if you're standing, 
you can lift him up. And Paul wanted to lift Euodia and Syntyche and Clement and all of his brothers and sisters and co-workers and, and all of those, his true companions. He wanted to lift them up so that they could have the joy that he experiences. Right? So our second, second movement here, Paul focuses on rejoicing. Okay? Rejoicing is, is having joy. It's having joy. Rejoicing is not putting a fake smile on your face and saying, I'm a follower of Christ. I don't have any food to eat. I'm homeless, but I'm, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. That's, that's fake and phony, isn't it? It's fake and phony. So rejoicing is not about what you see on the outside. Rejoicing is about what is happening on the inside. And what happens on the inside will eventually what? Come to the outside, right? So let it start on the inside so that it can come to the outside. But don't try to dress up the outside and then the inside you're just, you're rags and riches. You know, you're, you're rags and or not riches, you're just rags, all right? So rejoice in God, rejoice in him. And Paul says it here. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. How often? When things are only good, always. always rejoice in the Lord always. And just in case you didn't hear me the first time, I will say it again. Rejoice. So what Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So your behavior, let it be evident. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. About how many things? Nothing. Don't, don't be anxious about anything. Well, Lord, there are some things that I'm anxious about. Now, there's some human anxiety and things that we have um, or that we worry or we're concerned about. Like last, last night, <clears throat> my daughter had prom. <laughs> yeah, see, listen, listen to that. Whoo, worry just went up to 10. <clears throat> so, I wasn't able to uh, be at home. I had a wedding yesterday, so my wife was at home getting her ready and things like that and had some of her friends come over to the house and I was at a wedding and, and so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm missing all the pre-prom stuff, you know, the pictures and, and the, ooh, you're so beautiful and all that. I'm, I'm missing that. But in my mind, I'm still a little, you know, I'm like worried about everything going, going well and worried about, you know, them making it to their destination safe and having a good time and then making it home. Uh, but I was at the Monona Terrace doing a wedding. And so my wife joined me later and uh, their prom, guess where the prom was? At the Monona Terrace, right? So we're upstairs on the um, middle level at the wedding reception and they're downstairs below us um, where the prom is happening. So me and my wife said, you know, let's go down there and, and, uh, and check it out. Let's go down there. Check it out. I'm not anxious. I ain't worried, but I, I just want to see what's going on down there. So we we go down there and um, and you know everything. We wanted to see the prom march, and my daughter's like, "Oh, you can see it, but then bye bye." You know, <laughs> leaves. And so we went down there. So my worry and anxiety, the human, the you know human nature of it was concerned. You know, but it was um, you know sort of satisfied then. But then again, after midnight, when the prom was over, they were having the after set at the school from twelve to three in the morning. We're like, we're not going to sleep until she gets home. But we pray, you know, we, we, we know that we have a confidence in God, but we don't 
pretend like we're not worrying or we're not anxious or anything. So my point is that you're going to be. So don't, don't make it sound like, you know, that you're so, you got it so well together that you never will have it. You will have those times. And Paul is just encouraged. He said, but rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice always. Let your gentleness be. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by what? Prayer. By prayer. By prayer. So he, didn't, he, didn't, he, he, he tells us not to be anxious, but he doesn't just tell us not to be anxious. He gives us an antidote. He gives us something to, to take the anxiety away, and that is prayer. He wouldn't tell us to pray if he knew we wouldn't be anxious. If we were never anxious, there would be no need to, right? But he said, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, but prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Lord, bring my daughter and her, and her um, uh, um, friend home safe, right? I almost said, you know, escort, but no, you know, he, he's a friend. He's a friend. Bring them home safe. Let them be safe. So we let our requests known, but yet and still, worry and anxiety is still trying to creep up. But as we seek God, as we look to God, as we make our requests known to God, the worry and anxiety realizes that it, can't, it doesn't have power over the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have power over our prayer life. So we pray and we request from God, and God hears our prayer. And we go to sleep. We go to sleep. We wake up, well, my, wa- my wife woke up when she got home around 3.10. I slept right through it. I was so relaxed that I, I just slept right through it. Prayer put me to sleep. And so Paul wants us to rejoice. Find that joy inside of you. You might not feel like it, but I guarantee you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that joy is somewhere down inside you. He said, seek and you will find it. So you got to seek for that joy. You got to look for that joy. Remember some of the things that God has done in your life. Remember some of those prayers that God answered. Remember how good God is, how he changed your life, how he transformed you, gave you a new mind. Remember that. That'll bring you joy. You'll have something to rejoice about. God didn't give up on you, but he stayed with you. He was patient with you. Rejoice. Let your request be known to God. And what will happen? The peace of God. A show of hand. Who in here wants the peace of God? Yes. If I could raise both of my feet at the same time, I would. Right? The peace of God. But what does the peace of God do? It transcends all understanding. Meaning it goes beyond what you can understand. You know what Paul said? Exceeding and abundant above what you can ask or think. The peace of God transcends. It goes through. It goes beyond anything that you could comprehend with your mind. So if we can't comprehend the peace of God, don't you know worry and anxiety cannot comprehend the peace of God? When the peace of God comes in, worry and anxiety has to take a back, has to go back. It has to flee because the peace of God transcends. It goes through. It goes beyond. It does more than we could ever think or imagine. Hallelujah. Thanking God for the peace, for his peace. And if you don't believe that, Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you will keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So because just because you trust in God and your mind is steadfast, he's going to give you perfect peace. 
perfect peace. That's what I want. Perfect peace that transcends, surpasses all understanding. He will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He will guard you. He will guard you, meaning he will protect you. When worry and anxiety comes, the Lord God will guard you, your hearts and your minds. Where is the first place that Satan loves to attack? The mind. He starts here. And if we don't defeat it here, it moves here. And once it's here, we are in, we're in a need of repentance. Hey, here starts here, but we can't let it get here. Let's defeat it. God will guard our minds. He will give us victory here, here. When the thought comes, cast it out. You know, God doesn't care about me. I got so many troubles and worries and things that are happening. If God loved me, then he would end it. Stop it. Stop that thought right here. Stop that thought right here before it gets here. Okay? The peace of God will guard you. Your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul wanted us to realize that prayer is, that is our key. That is our key. And, what, and, and prayer, let's understand what, what prayer is. Prayer is not, uh, there, there is the... Um, there's this, uh, the specifics that we do in prayer, but there's also the prayer environment, okay? And I, I want to I I explain to you what I mean by that. So many of, many of us or many of you, uh, you know, all, all of us, we have special times that we pray. You know, we may get up in the morning, have our, our special devotion time, or it might be at night, whenever it might be. It might be in the car where we just take that time and we pray, okay? That's, that's a specific time that we have in prayer, but also there's prayer, which is like an atmosphere or environment, meaning that I'm all, my mind is always constantly thinking on God's goodness or thinking about God. It's not a, our Father who art in heaven, you know, you know, on my knees, you know, praying all the time. Sometimes it's just walking about. Sometimes it's dropping my kids off. Sometimes it's just on my way to church where the environment that I'm, my spirit is constantly talking to God. And probably all of us do that more than we realize. So if somebody asks you, do you have a prayer life? Tell them, yes, I do. Well, when do you pray? Well, my spirit is always thinking on the goodness of God. It's always talking to God. Sometimes when I'm washing dishes, I don't, what do I have any business praying? But sometimes I'm just praying. So it's the environment of prayer. So when we pray, that is our key. Okay? Having a prayer. Prayer is communication with God. Communication must have a sender and a receiver. In order for it to be communication. If there's only a sender and no receiver, it's not communication. All right? So we send prayers, requests, praise to God. And he receives it. And he blesses us. He hears us. He guards our minds and our hearts through Christ Jesus. All right? So don't let the devil make you feel bad that you don't say you don't have a prayer life. In that thought right here. And say, devil, you're a liar. I have a prayer life. It's an environment. It's an atmosphere where I'm always talking to God because I can't live without him. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Saturday didn't get that, but you know. 
that's the good thing about preaching three times. You know, you, you just keep adding stuff on. <laughs> but you know, but you know what? The Holy Spirit knows who needs what. And so, you know, somebody here needed that this morning. So, amen. All right. Movement three. This is titled Think. Think. Have you ever, have you ever told your kids or coworker or somebody you supervise or a friend, Think. You're going to do what? You're going to think. Use your head. All right? Think. Oh, yeah, I say to my kids a lot. Think. All right? So Paul is saying, listen, if you want to be helped, if you want to be victorious, if you want to defeat worry and anxiety, you have to think. Right? Am I right, people? You got to think. So thinking you're thinking on, well, let's, let's read the scripture. Um, eight. Is that where I am? Yeah, eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, he uses the, the term again. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, or worthy, think about such things. Huh? Huh? Look at all of these great adjectives. Look at all these things that he uses. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, think on those things. Think. Stop thinking on the negative. Stop thinking about how you messed up. Stop thinking about what you don't have or how, how many flaws you have. Nobody wants to count your flaws, okay? But think on the things that are true. What is true? Jesus loves me. What is right? If I pray, he will hear me. What is admirable? That he will never leave me nor forsake me. What is lovely? That his love or his peace transcends all understanding. If you think about these things, he will bring you around through and you can defeat your worry and anxiety. Now again, I'm not telling you do these things so you never have them. I'm saying that when they come, you can defeat them. Now, we know that in life, if somebody tells you, you will never have a bill in your life. <laughs> right. You will never have a bill. Now, we're going to have bills, right? But the thing is that we want the funds to be able to defeat the bills, right? Meaning pay them, right? If we don't have those, then the bills will defeat us. We will stop. We will be worried. We'll be anxious. We will be broke. Okay? We won't have, we can live life the way we want to. But having the funds makes us, gives us the ability to defeat the bills. Thinking on God's word, having God's word, having God's confidence, having faith in God, thinking on the things that are lovely and right and admirable and true, true and pure our, our, is our ability to defeat the anxiety, the roadblocks, the worry that comes our way. Remember, these things will come. Roadblocks will come, but it doesn't mean it's a dead end. I can get through this with the help of the Holy Spirit. I can get through this with the word of God, with the power of God, with the truth of God, with the peace of God. I can make it through it. I can get around it. I can defeat it. Hallelujah. Because of the word of God. 
the word of God helps me stand and not alone, but I'm standing on his power and I'm standing in his promise. And I got the people of God, my brothers and sisters, praying with me and standing with me. How can we be defeated if we have all that power behind us, in us, through us, with us, before us, on the side of us? How can we be defeated? But we're fooled. We're fooled to think that the roadblock means this is the end. No, it's temporary. It's a roadblock because they're filling some potholes. And we've got a lot of them around here. It's a roadblock because there's an accident. It's a roadblock because there's a stalled car that gets on my nerves. It's backing all of us up. But it's temporary. And if you're patient, I don't know about you, but I've had to pray on the belt line many times. <laughs> I've had to pray, Lord, help me. Give me the nearest exit. <laughs> have you ever done that? I've taken the back roads and gone all around. It might have taken me longer, but I'm still moving. <laughs> right? That's what it's all about. It's all, it's all about that you just don't want to be still. Okay? It might take me a half hour more to get home, but I, at least I'm moving. We, we just want to keep moving, don't we? All right. Well, roadblocks will, will do that. It'll just turn your life all upside down. You'll find yourself, you know, fussing about made-up people in your mind that you think it's their fault. And you say, oh, that slow person in the front. You know, it may be totally something different. All right? And then somebody's talking about you that's behind you. Okay? So, roadblocks are, you know, they're temporary. So, they're not, they're not permanent. And um, when we think on the right things, we get our, in the right perspective. Listen, um, Psalms uh, 94, Psalm 94 says, who will rise up for me against the wicked? Who will take a stand for me against evildoers? Unless the Lord had given me help, <laughs> unless the Lord had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. When I said my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. Woo, look at that. When my foot was slipping, I don't know about you, but I slipped. My foot slips a lot. Sometimes I think I got control and sometimes I just slip. But when my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, that means his love is always there. It never fails. No matter how bad you are, his love never fails. No matter how dirty you get, his love never fails. How many times you make the mistake, his love never fails. When my foot is slipping, your unfailing love supported me. Oh, we, we need support, don't we? We love support. Your unfailing love supported me. When anxiety was great within me, couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, your consolation brought me joy. Hallelujah. When anxiety was getting the best of me, your consoling, your consolation, your peace, your joy brought me joy. Gave me joy. Woo. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Lord that we serve. I know I get all excited about that. Start perspiring more and sweating. But you know, the joy of the Lord will make you sweat. Amen. So his unfailing love and his joy will defeat anxiety and worry. It will support me. It will hold me. But you have to think. You cannot, 
You cannot, if you don't get the word in you, you cannot withdraw what you have not deposited. If you don't believe me, go to the bank. <laughs> and say, I like to take out a million dollars. He'll look at you and say, ha, 911. If you haven't deposited a million dollars, you cannot withdraw. If you have not deposited the word of God in your life, you cannot withdraw it. You can't bring it out. If you don't read the word of God, if you don't think on God's word, if you don't get it down in you, you can't bring it out of you, right? If you don't digest it, it don't help, okay? You all know I love my wife's peach cobbler, right? Yeah. One day you guys might taste it. I love my wife's peach cobbler. So if I go in the house, oh my goodness, it's, oh, that peach cobbler smells so good. Oh, and I just keep doing that for the next 30 minutes. And then I sit down and say, oh, I'm so full off of the aroma of this peach cobbler. That's not going to happen, is it? I'm not going to be satisfied and full until I eat it, until I digest it. So some of us are living, we just, we're just smelling the aroma of the word. Oh, the word, oh, I hear every, everybody else talking about the word. Oh, the word is so good. You need to digest it. You need to consume it yourself. You need to get down in the word yourself. So you can get it in you, so it can help you in your life. Because when I'm in trouble, I, sometimes I can't call Pastor Mark or somebody else. Sometimes, you know, there's no phone service where I am. But I got the word in me. So I can say, oh, he will keep me in perfect peace of my mind and stay on you. I read that in the word. Oh, his unfailing love will support me when my foot is slipping. Oh, I read that in the word. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. I read that in the word. See, because I deposited, I can withdraw it. Can't go around making stuff up. Oh, cleanliness is next to godliness. That ain't in the word. That's a good saying. It's a, it's a good philosophy, but it ain't, it ain't the word. Jesus be like, what'd you say? Well, you know, Lord, you said your word, cleanliness. Don't put words in my mouth. I never said that. All right? All right. So, the word only works when it's inside of you. If there's no input, then there's no output. Okay? It's got to get in in order to get out. Okay? The word is begging you, let me in, let me in. Okay? And then when you need it, you say, let me out, let me out. So I can go after that worry and anxiety for you. I can defeat it for you. He maneuvers, he helps us. So we got to practice, we got to think. All right, don't just have the aroma of the word, get in the word, get in the word. We'll conclude with some thoughts. So what do you say to your brothers and sisters who are faced with roadblocks in their lives? What do you say to them? Do you say, don't you worry about a thing? Or do you say, don't worry, be happy? That's not going to help them. That's good, but it's not going to help. What you do is you remind them of the message of the good news of Jesus Christ who took all of our worry, anxiety, all of our roadblocks and he nailed them to the cross because this all comes back to what Jesus did for us on the cross. This is not about Paul. This is not about Philippi. This is not about Erodia or Syntyche or Clement. This is about the cross of Jesus Christ who took, Jesus took all of our worry and anxiety and nailed it to the cross. He defeated it. 
He defeated it. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He was worried. He was, he was feeling some anxiety in the flesh. But when he said, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. He remembers that this is about God. This is about a bigger picture than me. This is about my father doing my father's business. And he called on the word. Even in the wilderness, when the devil told him to turn the bread into stone, he called on the word because the word was in him. He was the word. And the word defeated his anxiety and his worry, just like it will do us. Amen. So you let your brothers and sisters know it was taken care of on the cross and you could call on him and he will defeat you. He will defeat your worries. The message of the good news that Jesus took our worries and anxiety to the cross and he defeated it so that we would have life. John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. Destroy. So he comes to steal, but he's not satisfied there. He wants to kill, still not satisfied. Then he wants to destroy, just make sure it won't come back. But Jesus says, I come to give you life and that you might have it more abundantly. So, who do you want to go with? Jesus, right? The cross. We defeated it so that we can have life and that more abundantly. All right, last thing. Worry and anxiety are attacks on our minds. Okay? If you're a person that has anxieties, isn't it always worse at night? Mm -hmm. Worry and anxiety should not determine our outcome. Worry and anxiety can lead to bad decisions. Worry and anxiety can cause sickness. And worry and anxiety distracts us from trusting God. It's a distraction. It's an obstruction of our point of view. So how do we survive our spiritual roadblocks in our lives? Standing firm in the Lord, helping others to stand in the Lord, rejoicing always in the Lord, thinking on praiseworthy things of the Lord, and practice what you've learned in the Lord. God will keep your mind in perfect peace because it transcends all understanding. So whatever you're worried about, take it to the Lord and leave it there. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Maybe today you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe it's been the aroma that you've been enjoying, but it's not doing you any good because you didn't get it down inside. And this morning you have an opportunity to say, I don't want just the aroma. I want to consume this. I want this in me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Word of God in Romans 10 says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. So it's easy as that. So I'm going to pray and ask you to repeat the words in your heart, but to the Lord. And if you do that and mean it, then you become a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. So let us bow and let us pray. Repeat these words, dear Lord. I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen.